You know, and if you look back at that sausage, man, you'll see the little, you'll see the little tip. Oh, oh, oh I yeah, saw the yeah. dick. It's a dick. <laughs> let, let me rewind. It's literally a penis. <laughs> where they shoot the cattle in the head with that big air gun thing. Oh, that, that, that gun's no good. I was in there once with my uncle. No way. With a sledge. <laughs> See, that was better. They died better that way. They died better that way. Hi, I'm Candy, the final girl. If I have any more fun today, I don't think I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sean of the Dead. Shut up, you bitch hog. <laughs> and this is the house that screams we are back and ready to rumble with the classic texas chainsaw massacre from 1974 um very excited to talk about it uh tonight we have rob the cinema drunkie antiqueta you damn fool you ruined the door <laughs> nico nice that's the last goddamn hitchhiker i ever pick up <laughs> True. Erica Wright. There are moments when we cannot believe what is happening is really true. Pinch yourself and you may find out that it is. <laughs> nice. Uh Dave Gurman. My family's always been in meat. <laughs> <laughs> Matt the All-Star. <laughs> I see things. <laughs> <laughs> and a special guest a special returning guest we have tim welch who has a lot of things to say about texas chains of massacre hi tim hi i think we just picked up dracula <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line there's so many great lines for a little dialogue <clears throat> so no um you know, I was really, I became really good friends. I'm still really good friends with like John Dugan, you know, grandpa. I was friends with Marilyn. I was friends with Gunner before those guys died. And um, I remember we were talking to Marilyn one time and she had told us about, then I also have like a personal tie to the movie, kind of like there's, you know, there's a part of the movie, you know, with everything being, you know, flesh and body parts and shit you know the one part that i really connect to in the movie is you know the curtains in the house they're meat curtains and i strictly come from some dangly meat curtains from that <laughs> rotten mother of mine <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> meat, meat curtains. dangly rotten meat curtains man just like in the movie i thought my mom was in the movie when i seen that part i'm like hey mom oh no that's just the curtains Oh Lord! <laughs> so <laughs> we were uh, we were we did an interview with Marilyn one time and and uh, you know I told her I said you know 
like she was quintessentially, if you look at her, I, I always said, I said, you were like the ultimate screen queen. I Absolutely. said, you know, you had the, the, the fear and just everything about you, the tears, the whole nine. She's like, sweetheart. She's like, you have no idea. She was like, this movie was with a bunch of hippies filming a movie, freaking Texas. <laughs> and she said, you know, the, the, you know, the whole film commission would have had a shit fit back then. <laughs> she said, you know, she, like she said, she talked about, um, that chain on that chainsaw was was real. They never took it off. And she's like, there was many, many times of him chasing her. And she was like, I was scared. She's like, because you got some big ass fat hippie chasing me, you know, in the woods with a chainsaw. And she's like, multiple times he damn near tripped. And, you know, I ended up losing. So I almost lost something. And one of the parts that really got me with her was the scene where they're at the table. And they have her tied down. She did not know this until years later. But where they cut her finger, that actually happened. Mm-hmm. They they cut her to the bone. And she for years, she just thought that the, the whole thing went bad. And she had said that um, it was years later. They were all doing a convention together. And Gunner just looked at her and he says, you didn't know? And she said, no, what? And he was like, the prop knife broke. He said, we didn't have a choice. She's like, so that look of fear in my face was legitimate. She's like, I was in pain. You know, she's like, just the way that everything was going, these guys really horrified her. And then, you know, the fact that they stuck her finger in John's mouth, and this is the 70s, so AIDS wasn't even a thing really at that point in time. So John's just literally sucking the blood out of her finger. And John's like, I just went with it. And... You know, John actually had two parts in that movie Um, in the very beginning when they do the the uh, like the crime scene at the cemetery. He's actually out of costume. He's just one of the guys just wandering around. And uh, um, but she always talked about just the fearfulness that was in there because these guys kind of threw them to the wolves. They always talked about how deplorable the conditions were when this movie was being made. And, you know, every time I did a movie somewhere, you know, I I did a movie one time down in Atlanta and it was absolutely the most horrendous conditions. But I always listened to what John and those guys had talked about, how their conditions were so bad. I'm like, you know, I I never bitched. I never bitched or complained. You know, and those guys really got the shaft when it came to, you know, the financial end of it. They didn't they didn't get what they were supposed to until years down the road. Until the convention circuit started taking off. They didn't get shit. You know, they really, really got fucked in that deal. And, you know, I'm still very close with John. Um, I actually, I've actually talked to Kim, he, Ken Hinkle himself. Um, he's, he's not the, the nicest individual in the world. He's very monotone. Um, but we, we did a couple events that we needed to, you know, get the rights to play the movie. And we ended up talking to John. And, or uh, Ken, and um, at the time, John Dugan was actually that's that's Kim Hinkle's uh, was his brother-in-law because he oh. was married to Ken's sister. Uh, oh, so. okay. Um, but no, just just the those things on that, that went completely wrong on the set. Like when they hung Pam, um, they hung her with a pair of pantyhose, <laughs> so she had that shit tied around her, and she's like, it was just it, they, you know they didn't have no harnesses, no nothing. She's like, they literally had to rig, and they so they took pantyhose, and they just tied them up and, and hung her up there. Um, wow. 
but just to, just to listen to just the deplorableness of that movie and the shit that they had to go through. You know, she said it was like you know 120 degrees in this you know in the truck. They're filming. She's like you know it just it, the the conditions were you know unfavorable for even animals. And she said it was just it was just horrible. But I I remember the one scene where she just said she's like I, I was horrified. Through most of that movie, I was scared to death. So. Well, I think it shows. Uh, if uh, you don't mind me stepping in for a sec, uh, I had a couple of things I wanted to say. Um, first of all, I lived in Texas for a couple of years, and this was in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, it's 114 degrees in, in the day, and I mean, it's dry heat. And you go outside and you will, you can, I mean, with the dry heat, you don't sweat like you do in like, you know, muggy heat. And it's so hot, you could go out there and fry a fucking egg sometimes, you know, like on your car. I'm not kidding. I had to walk somewhere in it. And it's like I kept having to stop and and get in the shade of the little bit of trees they had. And uh, yeah, it's hot as fuck there. So I can just imagine. Also, uh, from what I understand, uh, Gunnar Hansen, uh, in his Leatherface mask, he did not have peripheral vision. So that was some of the, also some of the, I could have added to the fear because he couldn't fucking see. And he could have easily tripped and fucking hurt her really bad or killed her, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And um, I just, and I also wanted to uh, say something about Marilyn. Uh, Marilyn is our first final girl, the official final girl. You know, that really caused the creation of that term, the final girl. And she's the best one. I mean, I I have my favorites, but I, she's the best. And there is nobody that can scream and pull off the, the terror. But also knowing what you just said, I mean, it makes sense. But she, that, like the part, I was thinking that because I did a rewatch the other night. And I was like, why does that part look real with her finger? It looked like they really fucking cut her. I'm like, they did a really good job with that, apparently, um, because it was real. Yeah, she so said it, the knife drug across the bone in the tip of her finger. Yeah, it looks and- real. Yeah, and that's where you just see, you know, and that that's that quintessential shot that they always zoom in on that they use a lot is, mm-hmm. you know, her eyes is, is you know, it's on T-shirts, it's on posters, it's on everything. And, you know, that you see the tears running down her face and she's like, it was legitimate. She was like, I was truly horrified this entire time because I told her, I, I said, you know, you, you, you nailed this. And she's like, there was nothing to nail. She's like, we were scared shitless because... They also talked about how, and you'll hear this in a lot of other movies, where they don't see the villain before all this shit goes down. So it was a surprise. She said that, you know, we didn't see him dressed up. We didn't know what we were walking into. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of those those reactions, the first time they see him, those are legitimate. Even with Pam. Pam said the same thing. Because we had Pam and John at one of our events. And Pam said the same thing. She's like, when when I turned and he was right there... She's like, that scared the shit out of me because I had no fucking clue who was coming through that door. And, you know, you see it. You see it with all of them. I mean, even just the kind of that knee-jerk reaction that, uh, you know, when when he, the, the first one gets hit with the head, you know, hit with the, the mallet. You know, oh, it's, it's just crazy that. Crazy fucking scene. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you listen to those guys scream. I mean, you know, they had it down. And, you know, even the truck driver at the very end. I mean, look at his reaction. It's like, yeah, fuck you. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> um, Same reaction I had with my mom, man. It's like, uh, uh-uh, fuck you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Rob. Yeah, so um, I remember I saw this uh, relatively late. Uh, I didn't see this until I was like uh, 16. Matter of fact, Mac, I think it was uh, my first time it was when we watched it together. When uh, our annual Shut Your Mouth we Night. We rented it. Yeah, we rented it from Popo's. From Popo's. Yeah. And uh, it was me, Mac, and Preem in the crib. And, you know, we had rolled a few up and uh, some smoking and drinking. And uh, that was the first time I had seen it. And uh, when when uh, Leatherface comes out with that mallet and smacks him on the head, that was just, it was really a life-changing kind of thing, you know, as a horror fan. You know, it was just. Well, when that door shuts and then oh, you yeah. just. And that there's that that kind of that sound that it makes afterwards. It's like that's probably yeah. to me one of the most chilling scenes mm-hmm. in yes. in any horror movie because it's like what the fuck did I just see? It right. was so fast and it was so fucked up. Well, yeah. and even the beforehand, the squealing, you know, him squealing like a fucking pig in the background. You know, you can hear it. And you know, we've done haunted houses where we've recreated that scene where that that metal door's there and. And it, that does that that scene bothers people. But to me, that was probably one of the most horrifying scenes of all. You know, as far as horror movies go, for me. Right. Absolutely. It, uh, when, when he shuts that door, and then the you know that you have that that sting that mm, that lets you know shit just got real, yo. Mm-hmm. Shit just got really, really real. <laughs> Erica. Um, yeah, in terms of people who saw it a little later than typical, I'm gonna want to. Uh, Rob, I saw it when I was like probably 23 years old. <laughs> For, yeah, that's how old I was when I first saw this, but um, I was still like incredibly impressed by it, and it actually scared me shitless, even though I thought I was kind of desensitized. But one thing that's so masterful about this film, it, it's between the sound effects, like you were just saying, um, just being really unsettling, and then this phenomenal editing, you feel like you've seen something really terrible, but there's really no gore on screen. No. And I actually used this movie as an example in my criminal justice class when it came to, uh, in college, when they were talking about, you know, the violence in cinema and all this, all this stuff. And my professor actually brought it up. She's like, that's, that is probably the most disturbing movie ever. And I said, and which part? I said, Ex- explain to me what part. And she's like, well, you see this and this and this. I'm like, no, no, no. This movie, yeah. your mind's your own worst enemy in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because That's you know, so effective in, in films. We talk about that see, minimalistic. You never see anything. Even like when Pam's hanging on that hook and, you know, his body's on the table. He's on the other side. It's all camera angles. And that's they really nailed it with this movie when it came to the angles of the way that they shot stuff. Like when Franklin takes it in the gut, you know, you, you don't see it. You see his actions, but you never see anything happen. You never see the meat hook go into Pam's back. You hear the sound effects of him getting hit with the mallet, but, you know, you, you never see any of it. So, again, it's your mind's your own worst enemy when it comes to this movie in particular. Uh, Nico. Okay, so similar to Erica and Rob, I actually saw this one a little, not as late as, as these two might have seen it. So, um, like Rob, I, I grew up in the Bronx, and there was a movie theater that was literally right next to my house. It was the block over. Wait, the- well, hold, hold on, Nico. Let me stop you right there. You keep saying that, and uh, I just wanted to correct you. I'm from Brooklyn. You keep saying oh, the Bronx. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. I live in the Bronx now, but I'm from okay. Brooklyn. All right. Well, I mean, you're in the Bronx now, so you're, you're New Yorker. 
I just wanted to make that clear. From the boroughs. It's, it's all the same it's shit. It's it's we all kind of blend together. <laughs> at this point. I just, I just had to make that clear. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nico. It's just just wrap, wrap it, homie. <laughs> but anyway, um, so there was a theater that was actually right next to my to my apartment. It was called the Puerto Rican Theater. It was a grindhouse theater. Like they would show either double or triple features. So I actually got to see the sequel first. It was a double feature with Night of the Creeps. Ah, nice. nice. Funny you should say little, that. Little wink, wink, right there. Um, yeah, <laughs> funny you should say that. So, you know, for, for me, you know, like the idea of Leatherface and this whole thing was was the, the basis was the second movie to me because I had never seen the first one. And my my uncle, may he rest in peace, he had like every like VHS like known to man. Like this is like when you can dub them back then fully. So he had he had the first one. So I, I popped it in and I'm watching it. I'm like, what the fuck? Why isn't this funny? Like, why am I not laughing? Why am I actually like kind of, you know, a little freaked out here for what's going on like why is Leatherface kind of like on the same level as Michael Myers and Jason right now like terrifying yeah, yeah. you know yeah, we um one of one of the one of the I guess the and again this this isn't my, my favorite of the I guess because I saw Texas Chainsaw Master 2 first that's that's probably why I'm so like kind of such a stickler for the second one because it was and I got to see it on the big screen which not a lot of people can say which I was kind of blessed cool. for that but you know I, I've always respected what this film not only did for for the genre, but for film in general, because you know, as somebody's pointing out, it's 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 the same effect that John Carpenter would later adapt in Halloween, and it's also the same. I mean, it it goes back to, to Psycho with Hitchcock, where you, you think you're seeing everything, you don't see shit. It all goes back to that shower scene. It all also ties back to Ed Gein, but you right, know, we'll talk right, about yeah. that later. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I and I think one of like the one of the I, I don't know if I want to say if it was ironic, but one of the more this was trying to get Toby was trying to get a PG rating for this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> initially. That was that was the goal by by not showing us that he really wanted to get a PG rating, and they they still slapped it with the R. That's terrifying, uh, Dave. I, I just uh, we talked about the, the door slamming scene at the beginning, but for me that just that just uh, stuck out. Um, I just it's on the TV right now and. The uh, the power, the strength that Gunner brings to that scene, the way he drags the guy into the room after he whacks him, like, he pulls him in. It's like, like, I mean, that was really the guy. And he pulls him in like he's a rat, and the way he slams that door closed. It's just a sense of like power, and it's sort of, um, uh, he, and he's, but he's sort of ridiculous. He's got this apron on and this crazy fright wig kind of thing, and he's a little bit ridiculous. But then when he shows that power, he's just absolutely terrifying. And the way they hold that shot of the closed door. For a few seconds, yeah, slams it, and you hear those sounds like we all talk. It, it, that 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 scene what is is fantastic, and masterfully edited on it. Well, and I, I hadn't seen this movie until uh, I'd seen it years ago, and I watched it <laughs> to get ready. And that scene is what's uh, stuck in my head through the entire film with that one that door slam. So good. Yeah, uh, Sean. Well, I. To touch on on what Nico said, <clears throat> I actually saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 before I saw this one. And I was kind of in the same boat because, you know, when, when you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Leatherface is, you know, he's trying to fuck Stretch with a chainsaw. I mean, it's, there's just a lot of comedy. And, and I enjoy it. I, I, love, I love the second one. But so because I watched the second one, I went back and watched the first one. And it was like a total mindfuck. Like, this movie is so 
serious and so I mean I I was just enthralled and definitely got the the Halloween vibe um and what Tim had said about you know you, you guys had talked about the scene with the mallet and I love I love that scene but my one of my favorite scenes is when uh, when Franklin gets it and <laughs> when they're when they're going through the wood I mean of course because Franklin <laughs> I was yeah. ready for him to get it five minutes into the film but like but please we, kill uh, right. when, when they're in the woods and he and he keeps telling her he's like you know do you hear that there's somebody out here do you hear that and then he turns that flashlight and that flashlight shines on Leatherface and he you know he's got the chainsaw and then he just starts fucking driving it into him and you don't see it and you know we've talked about this a million times I'm a fucking gore hound I love gore I love special effects yeah. But this is this is one of those rare movies that you get barely any gore, barely any special effects, and I absolutely love it. And it's you know we've talked before about you know the the off screen deaths, like this is something completely different. Like these are on screen deaths, but off screen. You know what I'm saying? Like like yeah. they're on screen, but they're off screen. Yeah. And yeah. use uh, they use the theater of the mind, which is so powerful. Right. Yeah. And, and and just to throw back to, to the last episode we did uh, Friday five when Rob had pointed out, you know, the 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 throat slash scene where the camera it doesn't show the actual throat slash and the camera pans up to the eyes mm. like that's something completely different than what they did here. Didn't yeah. work you know for, on Friday five. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work on Friday five, but it, it it's so masterful in this film. Yeah. Uh, Tim. You know, and with a few of those scenes, just like Sean was just talking about, you know, is that scene and the and the door scene, you know, there's there's multiple effects. The the way that it was just lit, it was, you know, they had that blue light in the background in the woods, you yeah. know, and it was and then all of a sudden they just you pan up and you see his face. And, you know, then with like the door scene, the way that that door just sat there and that red wall with all of those bones, I think if that had been done any differently, I don't think it would have been as impactful Absolutely. because that whole scene was set up right off the bat. You knew this is going to be bad, especially like with the woods, you knew, but it was mm-hmm. just the way, but you know, it goes back to like with this movie, especially it goes back to, you know, one of my art teachers always taught me less is more. And yes. with this yeah. movie, this that's the that's the you know this is the quintessential movie for that term. Less is more, because you know again all of this stuff that you don't see, but your mind's like, no, I did, I just saw that. No, you didn't. Yeah. So it works, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna chime in really quick. Uh, with our our new initiate into the horror fandom, uh, Mac is our outside guy he's not fully initiated into horror so this was hand button i know (laughs) so so i'm just gonna call on him i want to hear your thoughts as somebody who is new to really digging into horror what what did you take away from this film what do you like what do you don't like so i wanted to see if it held up because like uh rob said we saw when we were younger and i'm gonna lie i was scared i was like man i would hate to be in that situation i probably (laughs) shit myself (laughs) <laughs> so my wife doesn't do horror so like i never really traveled down the horror road but you know running around with you guys i wanted to see if it held up so i watched it again and man you like you guys brought it up it's not really gory there isn't 
massive amounts of blood being splattered everywhere, but how things are shot and cameras are panned and sounds that are put out there, I could still cringe of it. Or yeah. like uh, the Leatherface is a heavy man. I'm a heavy man. He's falling ass. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he trips towards the end and like cuts himself. It's not a crazy cut, but I was, my, I was like, ah, my God. That's what happens when you're big and running with a chainsaw. So <laughs> yeah. I felt, he's I a felt big like dude. That's Thank you, Tim. Good the movie you. is that when I was younger, I was scared on maybe because I wasn't desensitized or on some scary stuff. I'm a grown man now. I'm not really. Uh, it takes a lot to scare me, but I still got chills. So I feel the movie held up, man. It's pretty Amazing. good. Good, good. I'm so glad. Uh, Rob. So um, I wanted to touch on something that uh, Nico and Sean said, like, uh, as uh, Mac pointed out, like, uh, as I was saying earlier, we, we saw it t- together for the first time. And uh, I absolutely loved the movie. I, I loved it. You know, I was completely just blown away by it, you know, and I was so like, oh, man, I want to see more. I want to see more. So I knew there were sequels. And, uh, like, literally the next day, I went out and I got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, right? And uh, I, I took it home, and I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is going to be great. And uh, I absolutely fucking hated it. <laughs> I hated it the, the, the well, first time I saw it. Well, if you watched him, like... Like that, yeah, you're gonna yeah. feel that way because <laughs> like, there was yeah, such a like, big fucking yeah, gap, and yeah. they had to do something fucking different or change. They right. had changed or and they had to adapt. To yeah. my plate, dog, Nick. But, but I think yeah. wasn't it part of the original plan? that he like he wanted this version of like like the original be a little bit more comedic than yeah than yeah. what it was. And the, the same like with, with part two, he actually got to do what he really wanted to like what he initially set out to do. I think. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but um, I will say though that uh, since since that initial first watch of Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, I've watched it more and more, and now uh, I absolutely fucking love Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. I really do. It's uh, it, I, think, I think it's all because of Bill Mosley. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill, Bill Mosley. Caroline Williams is great. That Dennis Hopper yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Dennis, Dennis Hopper makes that movie. And um, Tom Petty on effects. Dennis Hopper. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, but Dennis Hopper, totally, Dennis Hopper totally makes the sequel. I am the Lord of the Harvest. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check that. Where he's looking at the in the chainsaw store. Oh, yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. The, the the I just wanted to put that out there because they were showing their love for Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, and I was like, like, yeah, that's my origin story on loving uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. <laughs> I hated it when I first saw it, but I absolutely fucking adore it. Uh, I also like yeah, big titties. Yeah. <laughs> Bright lights, big titties. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I, I also love. love I also have a, a a big love for part four. Part four is just bad shit and stuff. Next generation. Four of them? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, there's there's there's, 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 there's a lot. There's a lot. There, there, that fucking like universe is. You know. <laughs> that universe. There's, there's a new one coming out, isn't there? Somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, it, it, it's better than this bullshit we've been getting. Hey, Rob, when you say when you say four, you're talking about the next generation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew yeah. McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. 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 There, that that movie is batshit fucking insanity, and I, it I love is. it. You they know, I have to go find that now. They literally have a a it's battle super. with a, a battle with remote controls over his fucking robot leg. Like it's. it's and I have a robot leg. I know what that shit's all about. 
that, that, that movie is insanity. Like, especially Matthew McConaughey when uh, Darla's like, uh, I hate to be a party pooper, but it's late and I'm tired and the pizza getting cold. And he's like, and nobody asked you fucking shit. And he throws on the floor stuff on her neck. <laughs> you, you know, I love Matthew McConaughey. In four, oh, oh, oh. In four John, Grandpa, aka Grandpa, he's the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And then if you if I, most people don't realize this, but if you if if you watch at the very end, that woman that they they wheel out on the on the gurney, that's Marilyn. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people don't realize it because it just goes by so fast. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I had him at a at a con that I that I did in Scranton a couple of years ago. He was one of the guests, and we kind of. I overheard him talking about a lot of stuff, like with the different, um, you know, the different sequels and whatnot. And I know somebody showed him the, because um, we had the 40th anniversary uh, Blu-ray there. We were showing, like, you know, because he was there, and there was something with uh, with Marilyn Burns. She 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 had like just passed, like before like our our, our show hit. And I guess like I, I wasn't in there because I had a I had to attend to like everything else because it was like a complete like shit show. And I guess like he legitimately like broke down and started crying and you know talk about like how much he loved her and how much. Yeah. He they were very very close. Yeah. Um, if I can jump in really quick, uh, I have a couple things. Uh, I have like a, a recurring nightmare, and this shows you just like the depth of just horror this is. Um, a recurring nightmare that a Marilyn Burns in the scene where they have her tied to the the armchair. Um, and she's just screaming and it's like zooming in on her eyes and it's, and it's, I'm her and I'm just screaming and screaming and I can't get up and they're all like, you know, making fun of me. It's so like screaming at me and, and screaming along with me. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so that's a recurring nightmare of mine. Thanks. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, but also, uh, I wanted to make a random connection and I want to see if anybody else knows this. I have to thank Joe Bob for this and in his book, Profoundly Disturbing. Um, can anybody make the connection between Deep Throat? We all know about Deep Throat. It's got a reputation. My and mom. This, and this film. <laughs> <laughs> I should have expected that oh, one. Dude, that was um, funny. Yeah. Uh, but um, so here's the deal. I'm gonna shorten it because I'm, I'm I tend to be a little Joe Bob myself. Draw a little map to get to a destination. Okay. So there was uh, it was Bryanson Pictures. That uh, and there were a mob-controlled Hollywood studio mm-hmm. run by the Colombo family. Um, the the head guy was Butchie Pereno, and uh, they they had such a big success with uh, Deep Throat, which was the first big hit mainstream porno you know porno film, and it's infamous. Everybody, even if you haven't seen it, which I haven't, I I know of it. I have no interest to see it, by the way. Um, but yeah, the reason um, that like when Ted was talking about the financials, what? Oh, three. Yeah, that's my ringtone. Someone's calling me. The mom's pissed at me. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but um, the reason that the uh, the cast and so on they didn't get money from this, even though it made so much fucking bank. I mean, it was notorious and it was like taboo and it made all this money. Um, and especially you got to think 1974. I mean, this is really a fucking turning point in horror. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, the mob took all the fucking money. 
And so they they waited for months and months and months to get like a check or something because they saw how much fucking money this was making and all the, the coverage it was getting. And they finally, after many, many months. Uh, uh, what the <laughs> fuck is sorry, happening? Sorry, that's my text. But sorry. <laughs> I thought like Mike Goku was weird, but I think you just out weirded me. Yeah, I like the like, mystery science theater is my ringtone and whatever. And like but, the, uh, the souls are among us. <laughs> I, this is fun my mom I, I, I just feel like the mob <laughs> is after me. Okay, uh, but anyway, so they finally do get a check, and it's for like twenty-eight fifty. $28.50. This thing's making fucking millions. The mob took all of that money, and that's why they didn't see any money until they, you know, cons started happening later on, and then um, they made money from appearances and so on and so forth. So uh, thank the mob for this. That's the connection between Deep Throat. Once again, here we are at porn and horror. But uh, Deep Throat and, and, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the last film done by this uh, this studio. Uh, it was the last one. Deep Throat was the first. And it, it there was there's a lot of movies in between that didn't do shit. But it's a very uh, interesting connection. So I wanted to throw that out there. Forget uh, about it. Forget <laughs> about it. Erica. Fugazi. For guys, Fugazi, it's a uh, fairy dust. <laughs> Now that like the the topic's gotten like you know to a completely different place, but I also wanted to bring up that great that armchair scene where Marilyn mm. Burns is just doing these blood curling screams, and for some reason that when they when I saw that extreme close up of her eyeballs for the first time, I just found that scene so upsetting and so nauseating it, yeah. for some reason. Like and it's such a and it's not technically explicit, but it's just it's weird and it's unsettling. That they combine that extreme close-up of the veins in her eyes with the sound of her screaming. It was just like, ew. And the very vivid <clears throat> color of her, her eyes as well. I thought they were nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's Beautiful. what I saw. I was like, oh, man, she got some nice eyes. Stunning woman. Stunning woman. <laughs> but masterfully shot and edited so well by Toby Hooper, who did, like, 800-something edits on this. Some of them yeah. a couple frames, you know? Uh, yeah. Extremely. Oh yeah, and I also wanted to say I also love *Texas on Massacre* too. I'm also in that that boat of liking the the humor of that, and I think that movie really amped up that that whole final girl, uh, you know, gender politics. Gender politics, the whole exactly. Level, um, yes. It's like they made the this is why I love Erica. <laughs> it's like they made the chainsaws so extremely phallic. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now and then with her to end up with the power just... at the end, that in shot, which I'm going to talk about in yeah. shot later, but um, Nico? Yeah. Um, so, one of the things that um, I would like to touch on real quick about this movie that I feel like is almost like a forgotten little gem of this movie that they kind of did in the remake as well with Jessica Biel, that John mm-hmm. Larrick had. Is the one that comes and does the intro with the voiceover for the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I, I, I okay, listen, I, I love John Larroquette. I've liked him ever since Night Court when I was a kid when he was on that show. And I, right. I, I think I think I really liked him even more when I saw Blind Date with Bruce Willis. <laughs> I literally just watched him in a. I just did a I just rewatch of the about Blind Date, but now I remember it. <laughs> I oh look up Blind Date is still hilarious. I, um, I forgotten, but I remember it now. <laughs> he's also he he's also one of the Klingons in Star Trek Three, the the search for Spock. Oh, 
Yes, he is. And, yeah. and isn't Kirstie Alley in that movie, too? There's a, there's no, your... no, she's in Wrath of Khan. She gets replaced right. by Robin. I was going to say that there's your NBC connection with both of them, with Cheers and Night Court. Um, but no, I just I just think it's actually kind of cool. Like, he's he's more known for his, you know, comedic um, roles. And, you know, this is a guy that did a voiceover for, for this little drive-in, you know, cult classic horror movie and then was actually able to come back and do it for the remake. It was actually kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. He got paid I, with a joint for, for yeah. his... Uh, oh, yeah, because there was, a, like, a huge pop or something next to where they were shooting. Sounds or something. like okay. a solid deal to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, before I call the next person, I'm just going to throw out, I fucking love the remake. And I also like... I, I do, too. The, the beginning. Jessica Biel is, like, my ultimate woman. Uh, I loved her in that, and I thought the remake was reverent and also... You know, it brought something new to the table, but well, that's a whole different discussion. Um, and Arlie Ermy steals every fucking show. Thank you, um, Tim. Yeah. What about what about Leatherface, The Wonder Years? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um, you know, and remember when I when we were talking about it during the Halloween three show. Remember, you know that that sausage in Franklin's mouth is actually yeah. it's, a, it's a dick. Oh, right. It's, yep, it's right. a dick. Yep. <laughs> So that no, um, when I was uh, with Gunner, and he had talked about how when he prepared himself for this role, he spent months and months at uh, like a mental facility, and just to try to take in so he could figure out how to create this role and to be around these patients, <coughs> and he said it was very very disturbing for him to see just how some of these people just like you know mentally have deteriorated and um you know just the way they were that's how he prepared for that role was just months and months of going in there to these facilities and watching these people and and you know mental health uh you know care was so archaic at that time yeah we made so many advances really mostly in the 90s that we have the modern psychiatric care that we have well even Um, now i'm you know and and this and and legitimately i mean this is going back to you know as much as i hate my mother um and you were talking about horrors earlier and shit like that and i always get confused because you know um no they actually (laughs) like even now they do they still do electroshock therapy treatments on people you know, I know my cousin I, I, has them, and you're yeah. only supposed to get. I have a, never mind. Oh yeah, my cousin gets them, and she's pretty much. Uh, she's only ten years older than me, and she's got like basically dementia from it. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it messes with you. You know, something terrible. I know several people have had to have it, and you know, it just it 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 destroys a person. They don't like to do it. It's only if you're medication resistant, and. Uh, yeah. But there's a lot of quacks out there, and they're just like they don't know what else the fuck to do with it. And you well, get addicted to it because it, it stimulates the pleasure centers in your brain, so you get addicted to it. But it, tur- it gives you dementia very early. That's why my mom's a whore. God damn, I couldn't get her out. Target every pleasure sensor in her fucking meat curtains. God damn. <laughs> yeah, it's like an addiction, but, but most like doctors. A- it's like an old used Mike Tyson speed bag, man. Just fucking shit's just empty, just dangling, just hangs there. Only gets used once in a while. I'm thinking Arby's now. Yeah, okay, like an Arby's sandwich. (laughs) Beef and cheddar. Yeah, how did that? How did that? How did that? 
Uh, Rob. So um, I just wanted to add to what uh, Kenny said that uh, I am I actually am a big fan of the remake. The as as well as uh the beginning, I, I really love the beginning. I love that one too. The, yes. the, the, the beginning to me is the is the only one out of all the the, the movies in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise that constitutes as a Texas uh, a chainsaw massacre because yes. he fucks everybody up with that chainsaw in the beginning. That last scene, holy fuck! Yeah, he fucks everybody up with that chainsaw. Yeah, Dude, like fucked up feature. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> And um, yeah, I uh, I I just uh, I love that. And Arlie Ermy fucking steals the show. He did in the remake, and he fucking did in the the beginning. Absolutely, I was like, I fucking love this man. What a loss, man. What a fucking loss. He actually has my favorite line out of the whole series when uh, he's he's making the 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 kid do the push-ups, and he said. Are you going to be the motherfucker who eats, or are you going to be the poor, sorry motherfucker who gets ate? I love it. Yeah. Right. So, but uh, I, I did want to touch it, uh, about uh, what Erica said about um, Marilyn's eyeball, like the, the the shot of Marilyn's eyeball. Like I, I saw this at a screening when they did the whole like restoration for it. I think it was the 35th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe Bob was in uh, attendance and he he spoke before the movie. I actually have video of that. That that uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, like, like, yeah, like, I mean, watching the movie on, like, video and, like, DVD, Blu-ray, whatever is, is cool, but, like, it, it's different when you watch it in theaters, you know what I'm saying, with an audience. This is fucking and, Indiana. We don't get to do fun shit like that. Like, We're backwards. It, it, it really takes on, a, a, like, a different thing where it's just, like, you know, where, like, that whole sequence where, you know, the dinner table sequence, and it's just, it, it literally is, you know... I I forgot which critic said like um, this movie does its best to drive you right out of your mind, and you really get that sentiment in that sequence where like oh. it, it just feels like just pure. I felt fucking like I was madness. having acid flashbacks and not the good kind. Yeah, like it's pure <laughs> fucking madness that whole scene. Like you know, it's like the the the, the close up of her eyeball really sells that shit, and it's just it's absolutely it's just a pretty nightmare of mine. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful sequence as as much as it is terrifying, you know, from a cinematic standpoint where you just watch it, especially with the audience, especially with an audience that's all revved up, you know, and we're all just silent, just like, oh, my God, we're going fucking crazy here, along with the movie. Yeah. Um, Dave. Yeah, to touch on. Well, first, I wanted to thank Tim because uh, I'm watching this whole movie and I was keeping my eye out for the dick jerky. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> I appreciate dick that, jerky. brother. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. You. Can't unsee it. The eyeball, the, the scene where she's strapped to the chair and they keep zooming in her eye, it, it serves two purposes for me. It shows her deteriorating mental state. She's yeah. snapping, but also it shows how vulnerable she is. I mean, what's more vulnerable? What's the most vulnerable part of your body if you were tired of chair? Be your eye. So they zoom in on this eye and it's like you like are almost think, are they going to do something to her eye? It makes you squirm. Well, even at mm-hmm. the even at the end with her when she's in that truck and she's pulling away, that 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 it's almost that she lost all grip with reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. that yeah. laugh and it's, it's I've seen that look many a times. Yeah, she doesn't know oh, whether when, she's the combination of crying and laughing and it's just that's where she snaps. So that's when you see her in part four. You know, you see like she had that complete mental breakdown. 
you know, and it's, I don't, like I said, I don't think if it just happens so fast, I don't think people put it all together and how they all kind of, you know, somewhat tie in together a little bit, you know. That's is neat to know. I didn't know that. But when they're laying, and so she's tied to that chair and they're, and they're pawing at her face. Like, you just, like, imagine that, you know, how vulnerable your eyes would be. I would tear and people are like pawing at your face. Your eyes would be the most vulnerable part. That, that made me squirm a lot. That whole sequence, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and if you look back at that sausage, man, you'll see the little, you'll see the little tip. Oh, oh, oh I yeah, saw the yeah. dick. It's a dick. Let, let me rewind. It's literally a penis. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and, and go. Uh, I want to talk about uh, something. Uh, Joe Bob, this is his favorite horror film of all time, and you guys know how I feel about Joe Bob Briggs. He's been in the movie review and critiquing business and hosting business a very fucking long time. And he is my fucking hero. And this is his favorite horror film. And he is so particular, you know, usually having a lot of fun with these movies, but this movie, he gets really fucking serious. And, and, and it's just, uh, he calls it an art house film and he doesn't like to use that term, but I agree that it is. Because my one of my favorite scenes, and this is kind of odd, is at the end when you see Marilyn jump in the truck. She gets away. She's doing the screaming and then the, the crying and then, then the laughing. But we've got you know Leatherface, and he's and he sees that she gets away. He's kind of pissed, but he's got that chainsaw and he just starts fucking dancing kind of around with it. And that scene, I, it, it sticks with me. It's so poignant. It's so powerful, and it's it's beautiful and just this horribly grotesque fucking what the hell way like it's it that to me is so moving like oh my god we have all descended into madness and i think that's a beautiful fucking shot a beautiful scene that whole ending right there together with marilyn getting away and then him doing the little chainsaw dance i fucking love it i use that gif all the time you guys know that yeah i think what sells it is when it just straight cuts to black like yeah. you know just yeah. Yeah. Well, that music, yeah. Oh. The, the the intro music where it's that camera and that whining, you know, that is mm-hmm. that that in itself, and it's just that chiming that you hear. It, it's that in itself, and the way that the the it, the the kind of what is that blood flow or whatever it is that you see at the beginning. That I mean, that that really in itself builds the anticipation for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nico. So you brought up that this was um, Joe Bob's favorite horror yes. movie. This is uh-huh. also Melissa Rose's favorite horror movie of all time. Well, they have excellent taste, don't they? You know, this this movie kind of inspired, I mean, I don't want to say kind of, it definitely absolutely 100% inspired uh, pretty much every slasher subgenre film that, that came out after. Absolutely. I mean, Psycho might, might have been the first, but Texas Chainsaw kicked it up a notch. And then yeah. Halloween kind of, kind of, you know... Took the ball on, on like on like you know fourth and inches and ran it in for the touchdown to kind of like get the whole ball rolling for this whole thing. You know, it was like well, the whole trifecta of, of those those three kind of like if those three didn't happen the way that they did, I don't think we would have a Freddy, Jason, or no. any any of even Scream. So would, Scream wouldn't wouldn't exist if it wasn't for any of these you know these particular movies. You know, the thing too is you know Motherface kind of became his own little cultural icon on his own. I mean, there's there's Funko yes. Pops, there's there's NECA figures, there's T-shirts, posters, tattoos. Like I mean, you know this this thing kind of 
He's that? a founding father. I would say yeah. my daughter's one of a kind painting back here. I right. Can't... I mean, this is this is definitely like like you know right like he's like a founding father. Like if there was like a founding if there was like a like a horror like you know of of seventy six style, it would definitely be Norman Bates, Leatherface, and Michael Myers. I think would be the three founding fathers of like horror as we know it now. Yes, especially the slasher genre. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, and you can uh, even see like like the influence has had on Rob Zombie. Even I know I know. It's a touchy subject with him and his movies, but I mean, let's face it, this guy's been trying to make his heart's in the right place, right? And like he's been trying to make Texas Chainsaw for years with all yeah. of his movies. Yeah. Really, well, when you think about it, and House of really... Corpses was his take on Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, Massacre. right. And yeah. you know, the irony, the irony is, I mean, even though he shit the bed with Halloween, and I'll, and I'll publicly blast that fucking movie because I hate that fucking movie. Yeah, um, his version. Um, I actually wouldn't be opposed to him doing his take on Texas Chainsaw if he got the chance to. I think that one, he he wouldn't kind of, he wouldn't suck so bad at doing that because he's been basically making it for this long. He, he might as well just let him just, just get, a, get a crack at it just once. Is it weird that I want to see him make Werewolf Woman of the SS? Sorry. No, yeah, because that was supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Wait, I just no, read about no. Ilsa, the She-Wolf of the SS. So. No, so. With, <laughs> with Nick Cage as Fu yeah, yeah. Manchu, please. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Simp, I, 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 I will pay all fucking rent money to see that movie just to see Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu. Fu Manchu. This is my mecca! <laughs> uh, uh, Shot of the Dead. Well, I just wanted to touch on what you were talking about with the uh, the final scene in the film. Um, that is one of my favorite scenes. And, you know, the, the Gunnar Hansen chainsaw dance. And we had talked about it early in the, the show. I think it was season one. Um, and I had brought it up right. as, as it being one of <laughs> the most memorable scenes for me. And the the story behind that, the fact that, you know, tensions were so high on the set because of the heat. And, you know, there were a lot of issues and everybody was, was just at wit's end. And so... Gunnar Hansen was was pissed at, at Toby, so he just he had to ad lib that whole scene, and it just it came off so well, and I just I love the way it's shot and the way it just like it just poetic. cuts to black. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think everybody was pissed at Toby by the end of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they hated sure. Franklin too. The guy who played Franklin. I can't God, I, right I mean, I mean, God rest Toby's soul. But uh, yeah. yeah. The, he he was not the 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 most well liked person on set that I can remember. The... John always told me every time I talked to John, you know, John's the one that got us the number to talk to Toby to get everything locked down to get the movies, you know, to the okay to do it. And he was just he's like just fair warnings. This is the biggest dick you will ever talk to in your in your life. <laughs> oh okay. And he was actually he was very you know he was he was very dickish on the phone, but he actually gave us he just gave us the okay. He's like don't pay for nothing. You got John and, you know, Terry there. He's like, you're good. He's like, John was my brother-in-law. He says, I should charge you because of that. He says, but no, you're good. Just go ahead and do it, <laughs> you know. That's awesome. I just sent oh, Eric sorry. a picture. I have actually have, I have a gigantic back tattoo, and it's of The Last Supper. I took out Jesus and all the disciples, and I put all the horror movie characters in there. And Leatherface oh. is Judas. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh my god! I gotta see that. I gotta see that later. <laughs> so I just said, I just sent it to her. I do have it on your phone, Erica. Yeah, yeah. Let me, uh, let me send see it. if she can pull it up so you guys can see it. It's, it's all black and white except for 
the blood that's in it. But I, there's two versions of The Last Supper, and it was the, the one where they're all the long version at the table. And then there's Da Vinci's version where they're all kind of grouped together. But yeah, this was yeah, he's 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 Judas in this one. Craig can't see it, but I forwarded it to our slide it over a little bit. Oh, okay, I like that. That's amazing. Oh. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's in our chat. Nice. Um, Erica, you had a point to oh, make. Yeah, I just wanted to say for this not being a supernatural movie, there's still sort of these witchy occult elements that you know further the creepiness. So there's the talk about Saturn and retrograde. That mm-hmm. That's making the whole world's events, you know, more negative than usual. And it, it, it kind of fits in because when they're listening to the news on the radio, there's all of these tragedies happening. But then there's yeah. also bits like the hitchhiker, after they reject paying him for the Polaroid film, he burns up their photo. It almost seems like this ritualistic, you know, yes, like he does. destroyed them in effigy. And then he smears his blood on the band that looks like he's marked it with some strange sigil. So there's just this yeah. pervasive exactly. feeling of you know some some kind of quasi supernatural element or at least a cult element like uh, that these it's people are fated or they're doomed you know before the killing yeah. starts. Yeah. Well, if you don't if you don't mind me chiming in when when she re when she goes through the astrology book and yeah. she's she's reading the horoscopes, it kind of foreshadows. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when she does Franklin's, it kind of foreshadows, you know, the events that are about to take place. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it does. And I think that's why they focus on it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac? Um, I just wanted to chime in on what Tim was saying about how, you know, uh, they uh, went to some of these uh, psycho- uh, psychological facilities to get uh, their source material to make sure they were trying to portray like the, I don't want to say most accurate, but the, the, the creep, like, you know, the craziness that can be in this world, you know, as someone who's worked in that field for about 13 years, I've seen some wild things. And when I watch this, it kind of throws back like, yeah, man, I, I know how crazy it can get. And if someone is not taken care of, how far it can go. Yeah. You know, and the one thing about that is that, you know, I will give Gunner credit is he did it in a, in a in as, as much yes. as he can in a movie like 100%. this. He did it in a very respectful manner. Like it, it, he didn't, he didn't take it to, you know, some, you know, he just, he legitimately watched them and he was respectful about it. You know, he wasn't making fun of them. He was, you know, like, oh, not people, at all. You know, he just, this is legitimately how some of the people that he was there. And that goes to, you know, kind of to my point of, you know, you almost he was a sympathetic character in this movie. Like, I mean, if you really look, if you really look at it, I mean, it was kind of, you know, he was he was forced kind of by some of the family to do this. And this is kind mm-hmm. of like how he was raised, you know, and even in some of the other ones, you know, like the beginning and, and you know, the remake. If you look at him, he, he was like you'll hear some of them say, you know, how he was bullied as a kid. And, you know, it's he does. I mean, he is as horrible of a character as he is. There's part of him that's a sympathetic character. And, you know, and and that in itself is really hard to do when when they're a villain like that. But they yeah, particularly when the cook, which is the brother or the father, they don't really specify. They just call him the cook. 
and played yeah. by Cito, um, when he's, you know, yelling at him and, you know, and Gunnar Hansen, the big dude, you know, Leatherface, and he's, like, making these little noises, like, you know, it's like, you kind of just feel like, oh, man. This well, he's like, just, a, he's like a kid trapped in a giant man's yes. body. Yes, you know, yes, and, you, and, and that comes across very well, especially when he does those little noises, like, you know, I can't, I can't reproduce them, because they, I can't do it justice, but it, it's, it definitely has that. Yeah, so you do kind of feel like, just fucked up in the head like i don't know how to feel you know you know that's how the movie keeps you the entire time you don't know how to fucking feel sean are you eating jerky hmm. yeah gotta have penis coming out of his mouth sean are you eating jerky? what are you eating jerky sean no no i'm saving that for later oh. <laughs> <laughs> going to bed. he's got a dick hanging out of his mouth okay uh sorry uh nico Sounds like a Saturday All right, so I'm going to kind of lighten up the mood a little bit with this, I guess. So uh, I feel like we'd be a little bit remiss if we didn't mention, like, what a um, an impact that this movie has on two fictional characters from the movie Summer School with Chainsaw and Dave. Yes. Um, you know, I, I think uh, for, for a lot of kids, and I think me included, honestly, I think, if I'm not mistaken, because I'm, I'm a little buzzed, I'm not going to lie to you, um, I think this was actually the first time that I actually saw any bit of the original was when the scene where Dave and Chainsaw are showing it in Mr. Shoup's um, classroom and the, the vice principal walked in. But it was kind of cool to see, like, like you know, these these two, like, you know, Surfer Valley dudes, and they were, like, especially Chainsaw, like, super, named after the fucking movie Chainsaw, like, super yep. into fucking horror. And, you know, years later, like, I've been able to watch that movie now and be like, fuck, that's us. <laughs> we're, we're Dave and Chainsaw. And the only like, thing I can think is, is do the dance, Leatherface, do the dance. Right. And then, like, that whole scene when they recreate that whole, like, horrific, gory yeah. scene for that new teacher still. It's like it's like one of the one of the most glorious scenes probably in a in a straight comedy is yeah. that scene. All there was more gore in that movie than there was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Exactly. Really? And that movie got the right. PG-13. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I definitely wanted sorry, to wanted to. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just definitely wanted to just bring up those two, you know, because they they probably ushered in more people like like as as kids to watch, you know, not not just Texas Chainsaw, but probably like more horror than than anything else at that time. Yeah. Uh, I was wanted to talk about a Leatherface mask. Apparently, he wears like three different masks throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and each one is a different aspect of his personality. Like at the dinner table scene, he's wearing like the mask with the makeup on it, so he's a little more refined. Pretty woman. Jacket on. And yeah. Then, um, and I, I, I think that harkens back to like Michael Myers that there was the mask and there was nothing behind it. It was the mask, and doesn't that makes him more terrifying? That like the mask is his personality, and if you there's nothing back there, it's just whatever yeah. he's wearing at the moment. It just makes him so much more terrifying. That. that uh, I just found that so disturbing, especially the dinner scene, because the mask, you got, like, makeup on it. Like, he went to the trouble of putting makeup on this flesh mask, and he dresses up in a nice dinner suit for the table, and it's just it's just horrifying. It's the fear of not being able to know what's behind the mask. It's, it, that you know, it's it's not knowing what's there. You know, there's nothing. I think there's nothing there. There's no humanity. There's no empathy. There's just this, you know, rage um, against these kids. It's, it, it's very disturbing. Well, no, you know, the really the only scene where you see because, you know, seeing somebody's eyes, you know, kind of helps a little bit. And really in that whole movie, really, the only time you see his eyes is when, you know, he's sitting there after he does his first kill and he's sitting there 
um, and he's looking out the window because he's like, I think he's afraid, you know, is there somebody else? Is there somebody else? That was the first time where you really got to see the almost the sympathy that you felt for him in his eyes. You know, it was like, you know, I'm in trouble. And he knew he was in trouble. But after that, especially that scene at the table when he's wearing the pretty woman mask, you don't you don't see his eyes. And it's just where he's just kind of right up. And the way that they did it with that camera angle from her POV and they just came in and he just kind of gets his face right in at the camera. That's horrifying. Yeah. 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 Um, My point is actually going to go with the eyes as well. Uh, But with uh, eyes in general, we were talking uh, about the the dinner scene uh, with Marilyn screaming and the NBA, these different eye shots and the eyes, as Dave said, uh, are are so vulnerable. And, And they played on that in some of like our Jalo films. Uh, like uh, what is it, Zombie Two, uh, with the eye. Yeah. That's so famous. But um, as we know, I'm not huge in the comics, except for EC Comics in the '50s, before the Comics Code, and it was because of them that the Comics Code was created. EC, which is uh, Tales from the Crypt, uh, Haunts of Fear, Vaults of Horror, my the the triple threat right there. Those are my fucking favorites, mm-hmm. and I love reading the ones from the 50s. And and the reason that the comics code what what offended people the most and what was used in that in, in the, the trials was a an eye gouge shot uh, panel. Uh, where they there was they said that you know this is specifically offensive that you would uh do harm to the eyes and it because it is really vulnerable. I don't wear glasses or contacts sean wears contacts and i said we'll, we'll be getting ready for bed and he's taking his contacts i'm like how the fuck you stick your finger in your eye every night i don't know how you do it right i can't do it because <laughs> i always wanted to wear like vanity contact because you know me i'm yes. vanity general but I, I i i don't think i could be sticking shit in my eye i'm sorry well i'll ask like, my mom how she does it she always has shit put in her eye uh tim um there's actually uh i have one of them i've been trying to find the other two and they're from like 95 but tops um they released um we were talking about comics um they released a comic with leatherface and it's actually jason versus leatherface yes yes i have the i have the third of the three I've never opened it because I want the other two, but it was funny because a buddy of mine, it goes back to the whole, you know, back in the old day, he'd freaking pull out the old nudie magazines and he was like, holy shit. And I'm like, what? And he says, there's a Leatherface versus Jason comic book. And it was just an ad in a porno mag. And- well, I mean, that's the demographic because porn and horror, as we've proven time and time again, go hand in hand. Wait, yeah. so you, you've never read this? I've never opened it. I want. You have I no want idea to get the, what, what the plot is. Do what? You have no idea what the plot of the, the comic is. Well, I'm assuming it's them two fighting each other. Right, but, but no. I, I actually did look into this because I, I knew about this a couple of years ago. And like the plot, is kind of batshit crazy as it was, it, it somehow worked. Really? For this. Hmm. Yeah, awesome. I've never opened it because I'm trying to find the other two, and I found like I found them online, but some everybody wants such a shit amount of money for them. That yep. you know, at some point I'll I'll probably end up fucking spending the money, but I'm trying to. I just happened to run across my buddy of mine has a comic book shop, and I went in. I said, by chance, do you have this? And he's like, I actually just got that one in, 
Um, and it, I have it. It's never been taken out of the package. It's still in there. So I'm hoping to find nice. the other two. So, you know, I just don't want to ruin it. Understandable. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a look for you, too, to see if I can find it for you. I appreciate that, man. Thank Nico's you. Nico's good with stuff like that. Yeah, weird. <laughs> He's constantly sending me shit. Like, check this out. I'm like, God damn it, Nico. I, I, I'm on a budget. Oh, like, like, I can't... Like, like earlier today? Yeah, I'm like, God damn it. I just spent money on makeup. I can't buy this now. <laughs> yeah, that's my money, Nico. You were. I can't help it because I, I know I know what she's into and like when it when it comes up on my on my you know Instagram or Facebook feed, of course I gotta share it with her. I can't. Where not, do you think she, the hair and she, pants came from? Right, and she she'd be mad if if I knew I, I didn't tell her. So I'm trying to avoid the situation there too. Oh, I love yeah. it, but at the same time I'm like, God damn it! I just spent money. I wish you'd done this yesterday. <laughs> So uh, I just want to ask in general to everyone, uh, do you consider this an art house film? No. No? Okay. No, to me, this is more of a, of a drive-in. What an art house like, film is. Yeah. But I mean, does it have the art house feel like Joe Bob says? Uh, you speak in French to Mac. Um, uh, I think it does. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, Mac, let me explain. An art house film is, is, uh, has, like, uh, artistic shots, you know, expression without a lot of dialogue sometimes. Sometimes it's heavy on mood. Um, it's very, you know, just sort of refined, even in it, if it's a horror film. I mean, it's very, like, high class, even if it's low class. It, it, it feels, like, artistic, sort of like what I talked about Leatherface's dance at the end with the chainsaw. It's very fucking artsy right. the way that it's shot, like the eye shots with Marilyn. Um, you know, that's very artsy. So, like, that's what I'm talking about with like an art house film vibe. Do we? So, Nico says no. I say yes. What does everybody else think? Uh, no. I say yes. No. Okay. I, no. Um, it's it's very cinematic, but no. Right. So, okay. I think it's an art house. Cinematic, like, but it's not. I get more of, more of a drive-in feel. Yeah. Okay. yeah. When you say when you when you describe it the way that you described it as as art house, like you make it sound like planned. And like I think yeah. the best the best scenes in this film were like almost ad libbed. This is it. I don't think it was planned as an art house film. I'm just saying it has that vibe to it, that mood. And and I guess Eric and I are the only ones on the same page here. But uh, you know, it, it has that like high tone. Without, you know, pretentiousness that you do see in art house films, but it does have sort of an artistic vibe, and even the ad lib shit, it works like poetically, like art to me. This is fucking art. This isn't just a, a horror film to me. This is like art. Well, I, I will say, I, but oh, I was gonna say, I, it's it's very artistic. I'll give it yeah. that, and it's it's a masterpiece. But yep. I definitely see it more as a grindhouse film than I do. Yes, I, an I, art house film. Yeah, I, I if, think, if I may interject, uh, I think it's both. <clears throat> I kind of like what Sean is selling, though. So I I think it's because it's so incredibly well shot. Uh, all credit to to Daniel Pearl who shot this. Um, and Tubby Hooper for the immaculate editing. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's very it's very well shot for being the type of film that it is. You know the that that basically under the under the swing shot that follows um, 
I, I keep for, I, I forget her name. Pam. Um, yeah. Pam. Yeah, yeah, Pam. As as she's walking up to the house, as it goes under the swing and it follows her up to the house. That's that's an incredible shot, you know. And um, yeah, it's 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 very artistically done, like in cinematography wise. But yeah, this is definitely a grindhouse driving thing. I, I feel I feel like it's that rarity of both. Uh, Dave. Well, I think uh, the thing about this film, and we've talked about it, is the fact that it leaves most of the violence in your head. But I think uh, in the production of this film, that was more of a matter of necessity than design. They, they were trying to get a PG rating, so they, you know, they kept editing it down, editing it down, and trying to get a rating. And also, they didn't have the, you know, the uh, the budget to go for these. Uh, oh hell no. <laughs> But I wanted Did to ask, get a PG rating? What is no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Hell no. He, he tried Notoriously, you know, like, talked about, like, taboo films in history. But I wanted to ask, what is it about us, like, and we've, we've stumbled across this uh, discussion before, where that what we can come up with in our heads is much more horrifying than anything a filmmaker could ever conceive and put down on film what does that say about us no i think that says something about horror fans in general and not just limited to the moving pictures to books as well you know because you are creating all that in your mind that is something that every fucking episode comes up and it will continue to come up it's not just us i mean unless you're speaking of us as horror fans but it's something well and if i but it's, it's also like very, you think about, well, I could totally, my brain could totally come up with something way more fucked up than any filmmaker could ever put down. Because you know yeah. what well, scares if, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can interject real quick. Yes, um, sir. You know, this film, at least parts of it, are based off real life with Ed Dean, um, the serial killer from Wisconsin. Yeah. And in the, the fact that, that he used to, you know, use bones and and flesh to build furniture and cereal bowls out of skulls and things like meat that. Meat curtains. And, yeah, yeah meat curtains. Right. Uh, skin suits as well, uh, which Ed Gein has inspired countless horror films. One well, of which we will be doing next week, the original based on Ed Gein, by the way. So. Yeah. Uh, would you fuck me? I'd fuck that me. Hard. Hard. Yeah, so that's a good movie, though. Yeah. Mom, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Gonna check the penis. Same voice. Uh, just Tim, your, your hands Wait, up? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, is it? I didn't mean to. I must. Okay. I would just say real quick about Silence of the Lambs is that that, that song "Good by Horses" is a dope song, but it always brings back. My mother took me to see Silence of the Lambs. We went to the drive-in, and it was one of those. My brothers are four years younger than me, and you know, I think I think about I was born in '79, so I was rather young, but I was already watching horror. So everybody else in the car's asleep. My my uh. My, my adopted dad, my brothers. And, and so my mom and I are just watching Silence of the Lambs. I'm like, Mom, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What the fuck is this? It's, it's kind of funny you mentioned that, Rob, because last Saturday I was at the skate park and uh-huh. that fucking song came on. No! <laughs> and there were, like, there were like three or four of us that kind of looked at each other and like... Yeah, the old like, like we, I think we were all on the same wavelength. We're all thinking the same thing. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> or, 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 
That song comes on and it's a great song, but all you think about is fucking mm-hmm. Ted Levine's tucked in dick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the dick tucked, and you're like, put the lotion in a fucking basket. <laughs> oh, is that a horror movie though? Yes. But they reclassified it as a thriller to be eligible for an Oscar, which it did win many Oscars. And then I have a favorite horror movie, and that's one of my faves. I watch that all the time. I prefer Hannibal. I mean, I mean, I prefer Hannibal out of the ones that um, Anthony Hopkins did. If we're talking about Hannibal okay. Lecter, uh, it's Manhunter all the way. Yeah. Manhunter is, is a masterpiece. You know, like, yeah. that, um, I think Silence of the Lambs is the best one to end, but let's get back on topic. Um, <laughs> Manhunter. That was a Hold fun on. little trip. Oh, I got to <laughs> throw this out there. It's probably why I'm single. So one time I decided, like, freaking girlfriend that I was dating at the time was in a, just having a really bad day. And so I, I fucking stole her robe. I went in the bathroom, and she's laying there. She didn't see me. And I fucking put lipstick on, and I put that fucking song on my phone. And I come out, I fucking tucked it back, and I come yeah. out, and I started rubbing my nipples. And I was like, oh, my God. God fuck me. And she was yeah. like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, that's why you're single. Yeah. I don't know, Sean and I do some pretty weird fucking shit. You just gotta find the right weirdo, man. Nah, my wife would probably laugh because she knows the movie. Exactly. You know, you just gotta like. I think we're the only two married. You know. I'm not gonna lie, man. Missing a leg and trying to tug it back. That shit's tough. (laughs) You're a champion. I am a fucking hero right there. Team. That shit was so far away. Like, clamp it with your butt feet. <laughs> oh. and, I, and, and, you know, I love drag queens and I, I love drag culture and, and the way that they tuck. I'm just like, I don't have a penis, but it seems like that would be really uncomfortable. Would be as soon as you got a heart on, man. You're done for. <laughs> I tell you what, man. That's why you can bounce a dollar bill off my ass because that night I held that shit in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like. For me, it's like when I put on like, because I'm a big-breasted gal. I don't, I don't have a dick. This is the best they can do, guys. But I have huge boobs. So when I have to put on like a workout bra, they squish your titties. It's uncomfortable. Nah, like no, it it, it is and shit. Just sit, <laughs> just sitting in a chair for too long and shit. Your nuts get crushed and shit. I constantly got to fucking adjust. I've learned that through yeah. marriage about nuts. Yes. And says I, I did not know much before then. Speaking of which, <laughs> yeah. excuse me for a second. Uh, there we go. <laughs> I mean, really <laughs> I'm like, I'm laughing do- right now. Just so <laughs> and as a guy, you, you got to do that. That sort of nut adjust where you just do it with your thighs. You do the little like twist. And you yeah. Hands yeah. at all. You can do it in public and shit. Yeah. That's why women are superior because we wear thongs on purpose. We learn how to live with a constant wedgie, and sometimes it gives you a little bit of a front wedgie. Oh, so you I have wear, to worry oh, about camel true. toe. You yeah. know, and like you guys don't understand, like we got like not just that area, but we got to worry about the boobs too. So I just <laughs> feel like the boxer should be high. Reminded me of how Buddy's trying to teach um Terry how to fucking be a dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe my balls don't itch. All balls itch. Balls itch. It's a fact. <laughs> like, you know, I had to. Well, boobs I had get to sweaty. To candy that, sure, so do balls. To candy that we don't we don't Small technically nuts. scratch our balls. We have to do the pinch and roll. Yeah. Yep. I did not know that about balls because I don't have balls and They're I never really gave balls too yeah. much of a thought to be honest. Slide is great. Yeah, I got a joke for you. For a I got a ball joke for you. Bring it. Okay. What do you call, what do you call nuts on a wall? 
What's that? Walnuts. Walnuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wal- oh my God. Oh, yeah. That's a that dad joke. That makes sense. That makes what do you call nuts on a chest? Chestnuts. What do you call nuts on a chin? Five uh, in my mom's mouth. Exactly. I was right. I didn't have the mom, but, in, but yeah, Dr. Like, Dre taught me that a long time ago. <laughs> Where's the dad jokes? I've been waiting for the dad jokes. You said you were going to be all prepped for dad jokes. I was not because I still emotionally scarred too much for it to be funny. You know what? I, I had, good thing we didn't have. That's the for my therapist. <laughs> I was gonna have like all these big like gaping tunnel fucking pictures and shit behind me and all kinds ah. of shit. Fucking say, yep. There's pictures of my family. There's my mom there. There's my mom there. There's my mom well, bent over. Big gaping tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's like when you walk into your therapist's office, I'm like on a poster saying, this is what daddy issues looks like. I failed at having a dad, not once, but twice. Two dads didn't want me. So uh, my adopted dad and my biological dad. So uh, I got like daddy issues I so got- bad. <laughs> this is totally off track, but I got to tell you, this is this is a shit. It's like these. I ruined Christmas for these people. So a couple years. So a couple years okay. ago. So a couple years ago, we went to this big Halloween convention in St. Louis because I, I did I did haunted house work for almost thirty years. Oh wow. So we go to St. Louis. I'm in line. My back's killing me. And when I'm fucking irritated, just leave me the fuck alone. Same. And this fucking person kept trying. This kid kept trying to come scare me. And this whole time, they're scared. we're talking to this old couple behind us, and there's just this huge line of people, and it's in the old, old Falstaff Brewery. And <clears throat> so we're sitting there, and this fucker kept coming over, and he kept bothering me. And then pretty soon, he was like, I know things about you. I was like, dude, just fucking go away. You don't know shit. You don't know nothing about me. I was like, go away. I said, I've been scaring longer than you were in the back of your mom's throat. I said, get the fuck out. <laughs> so he, he leaves and he comes back and he's like, boo. And I'm like, kid, seriously, I'm not fucking around. Walk away now. Be safe. Leave. And he goes up and he said, no. He says, I know things about you. I was like, oh, oh, oh wise one, please tell me. And he goes up and he said, you received a gift. Now. Again, I wasn't thinking this out when I said it, and I didn't think people were going to hear me. But <laughs> oh, were like, okay. all legitimately like, what the fuck did you just say? So he's like, you, you received a gift one time. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? How is this scary? He's like, you got a gift on Christmas. I'm like, oh, you mean a gift as in my father dressing up like Santa Claus and butt fucking me every Christmas is a gift. I said, I got a gift every fucking year. And this kid looked at me like, what the fuck? Like, I just like, I think I just opened up a wound on this dude. So pretty soon I'm standing there and my buddy looked at me. He's like, did your dad really butt fuck you when you were younger? And I'm like, dude, no. I I said, he says, and why would you say that? So we're going through the haunted house. And this old couple, I hadn't eventually had to stop because my back was hurting so bad. And I stopped and, the, you know, groups were coming past. And this old couple walked by us and the ones that we were talking to, I didn't think they heard me. And they go up and, they, and she was like, oh, are you OK? I was like, yeah, I'm good. Me and my buddy are just in here. My back hurts. I said, I just needed a break. I said, this is a long walk. And so as they were walking away, the husband's like, who was that? And she's like, babe, that's the guy that got fu- butt fucked by his dad dressed like Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, no. Like, Dude, you fucked Christmas up for so bad for so many people. <laughs> oh, my God. The stars. <laughs> people were, like, going and burning candles at church for you. Well, there's my dad. There's my dad. There's my dad crying. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, so on that note, uh, let's. 
get back to Texas Chainsaw and go ahead and give our <laughs> reviews. Uh, that was a fun detour, though. Uh, we're going to give our reviews. I'm going to go first uh, just because I can. And um, <laughs> flex and nuts over here. Uh, I'm going to – I have been not so generous in season three. Uh, I, I'm usually very generous. I, I learned in season two that everybody's like – Jesus Christ, Katie, why'd you get us a seven? Like, I can't even watch this movie. And I'm like, you're right, but I try, I'm try. i the nice person. I'm always the nice girl. And so this season, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to be real. But this uh, this movie, uh, to me, it does have an art house feel. And at the same time, you know, the simultaneous grindhouse feel, which nobody can duplicate. There, It's, it's began horror as we know it. it it gave us the slasher boom it gave us the final girl um it gave us the first scream queen and she's the best one nobody can scream like her um and just it, it's just amazing and um mind-blowing i i'm just every time i watch it I'm, it's i feel like i'm watching some kind of sick fucking poem um and it's it's beautiful and haunting and and i don't know so so i i can't say enough good things about this and also, it has high marks from Joe Bob, and he's a pretty hardened critic himself. Uh, for him to just really be serious and say, "I fucking think this is the best horror film ever made," and um, you know, just on on you know, some thought, I have to give it ten out of ten meat hooks. <laughs> this gets a perfect score from me, uh, Sean. Uh, I'm gonna make this short and sweet. Uh, I'm gonna give it ten out of ten uh, penis jerky. Gonna <laughs> uh, <laughs> say that. <laughs> Um, I knew everybody was going to say that, so that's why I said the meat hooks. Because of course, the meat hooks. Uh, I just I think it's it's an absolute masterpiece. Um, considering the conditions that they had to film this in, yeah, that's that's all I got. I mean, short and sweet, but totally right. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got two perfect scores. Who's up, Erica? All right, I um I can't really pick a favorite movie or one I think is truly the best, but I do think. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the best film of the 1970s. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's uh, it's just brilliant. Um, yeah, I love the editing, the cinematography, um, even though, like, Franklin is just so fucking annoying and I can't stand his voice and couldn't wait for him to die. It, it's still, Nobody. Like, my favorite, <laughs> yeah, favorite horror film of that decade. So I will give it 10 out of 10 chainsaws. Yeah. 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 I see some prop. Um, who who's up? I'll go. Oh. Um, I'll I definitely gotta give it a ten out of ten head cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't like to throw the M word around a lot, but uh, this is definitely a masterpiece of horror cinema. There's Absolutely. there's just no denying its power. So many years removed from its original premiere. It, it definitely still evokes that intensity, no matter how many times you've seen it. It's just, I mean, Franklin's annoying, but it, it, it comes with a purpose. You know, you love to see him die. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it, it is a perfect horror movie. So 10 out of 10 for me. Excellent. We've got tons across the board so far. Let's see what Mac has to say. <laughs> so I'm probably going to keep the train rolling and give it a 10 out of 10. Uh, White girls falling in the woods. <laughs> and, uh, for me, it's gonna, it's it's like I said earlier, it held up. When I watched it when I was younger, it it made me afraid. Yeah. When I watched it now that I'm older, 
I might not have been as afraid, but the creepiness and uh, the, just the cringingness of it still holds up. So for me, that's a classic film. That's why I get to 10 out of 10, White Girls Falling in the Woods. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, anybody who wants next? I'll go. Uh, Nico? So initially I was going to give this just a little bit of like a slightly just a lower score, but, but realistically it's got to be a 10 out of 10, the Pretty Woman Masks. Um, yes. It's not my, my favorite of the franchise. That does belong to two and I do prefer the, the remake a little more just because it is a little bit more intense. Even though it is very oh, Michael it. Bay and Hollywood, I know. Um, and Leatherface is far from my, my favorite, like you know, movie horror movie slasher. Um, that being said, the you know influence that this movie had um, on horror movies even today is insurmountable. Like you know, this this movie was a definite game changer when it came out, and I mean, even to the point that there's there's a goddamn Atari game. For this, yeah, yes. you know, yeah. And I, have that, I have that NECA figure, right? With the green, right? Yep. Yep. Now, now there's rumors that there's another game coming out. Nice. With, yeah. with somebody. Good job with it, because they can fuck that up really easy. So they better with, do a good job. With somebody playing Leatherface, I can't say who. Well, actually, no. You guys already saw. The rumor is that it's Kane Hodder because he's doing mocap right now for another horror franchise video game, and Texas Chainsaw is actually like the main frontrunner for that. That's a be it. Well, and so, he, he did. He played Leatherface as a part of the in three. He did for the stunts, right? Yep. Yep, he did. I remember him talking about that. Yeah. But, He's um, actually one of the very few guys that have played multiple villains um, in in some aspect. He played Leatherface as a double. He played Freddy. Uh, he played Freddy and Jason Goes to Hell, and then he was Jason. I think the only one he said he hasn't done yet is Michael Myers, right? Yeah, and he wants to. He really, he really, really. Yeah, wants give it to. time. But otherwise, yeah. And, um, and Texas Chainsaw 3 uh, has Ken Free, uh, which gives it high marks for me, even though it's really badly edited. <laughs> but no, I mean, the, the influence alone and, and the, you know, the, the contributions of, to the horror genre that, that this did. I mean, it's kind of like Blair Witch, where Blair Witch might not be like the perfect movie, but like you have to respect the, you know, contribution and like, like it's the marketing behind it. I mean, this this was pitch perfect as far as the marketing. People thought this was a real deal thing. Mm. That feels real, even even though I it know does. that it's it not. And, it and, feels you know, fucking real. To play up what everybody else was saying, you know, your your mind plays tricks on you. You you, you think you saw what you what you didn't see shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna no, be a recurring so, theme with our next episode, which actually ties right. into this episode. So we'll know mm-hmm. that in a minute. But yeah, I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a ten out of ten for this. Excellent. We've got tens across the board. Let's let's keep it going. Who's next? Uh, I'll I'll go. I will give it uh, ten out of ten. Leatherface squeals. Ah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Actually, that's my mom calling. Hold on. No. Uh, <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> so, uh, Leatherface is by far. He's you know he's I have my you know my top three. Uh, favorite franchises. This is my second, um, and I've always. <laughs> da, Tom Atkins. No. Um, Daddy Tom. So, <laughs> um, I just oh. this this movie truly was one of the one of the. There's only been two movies that have ever like really truly had a like a somewhat of a impact on me, and this was one of them. Um, and this one, you know, truly horrified me when I was younger. 
Um, I remember seeing it and I was, I, you know, I, I honestly had issues, you know, uh, sleeping for a little while. And uh, I just think, again, it just it was beautifully shot um, the way that they, you know, they didn't show anything, but it was just so impactful. Um, you know, there's just those those scenes, the ending scene, her in the, you know, the chair, her in the truck, you know, the scene in the with the door. Um, they're just all so beautifully shot. Um, props to everybody that was able to put that together and, and make it work the way that it did. But yeah, uh, 10 out of 10 uh, Leatherface pig squeals. Nice. Uh, Dave, have you gone? Yeah, no, I haven't. Um, I'm going to also give a 10 out of 10 uh, Wacken Brooms. But the thing about this movie and all my reading about it today, the fact that it got the word chainsaw banned from movie titles in the UK, like the yeah. fact that the movie's so determined, they actually banned a word, you know? Yeah. If that doesn't give it cred, I, I don't know what does, you know? It got an entire word banned from the lexicon of an entire country. So. Nice. Yeah. So nice. Uh, I would just like to take this uh, to Markdown in History as out of all the films we have ever reviewed, this is only the second film to get a perfect score from everyone. What um, was the, the first, first one? The first one was Return of the Living uh, Dead. Nice. Rightfully yeah. deserved it. Um, so yeah, this is only our second film to get a perfect score from everyone. Um, that says so fucking much about this film. So um, if you have been living under a rock and you happen to be into horror and you're listening to the show and you haven't seen it, what the fuck are you doing? Go watch it, man. Yeah. Shut yeah. Shutter. Oh, it's on Shutter. It's on Prime. It's on Tubi. So. It's all over the goddamn place. It's a fucking classic. So stop what you're doing. Obviously, we spoiled it for you, but we haven't because you haven't seen it. Okay. Anyway, um, I would like to talk about um, next week's episode. We will be continuing our Ed Gein theme with the first film that was uh, inspired by Ed Gein, and that would be the classic Alfred Hitchcock, most famous film by him, uh, Psycho. Hmm. And... And we will be continuing. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna go a step further. And the film we will be covering the following week will be American Psycho. So we are on a kick with the murderers right now. Sean, I'm down. Yeah. I know Sean's into this. He he's really into true crime. Um, me, I I stumbled across info. I I I can't do true crime. Um, I'm I love horror, but when it comes to true crime, I'm very very squeamish. Like, because horror, you can turn it off. You can maybe have nightmares for a night, or or you can be scared when it's happening and when it's over. You're like, huh, whatever. Uh, but you know that real shit that happened, I I can't handle it. I just can't handle it. I'm too delicate. But I happened to stumble across information about Ed Gein because I was just like, mm, there's all this shit, and why don't I know it? And I looked it up, and I was really sorry. <sighs> it's 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 darker than any of these movies based on him. Uh, I think the movies were better because they weren't real. But uh, you know, why is it that these serial killers gotta come and fuck my shit up? <laughs> I t- talking about serial killers, my my daughter's great grandpa was actually one of the investigators on the Ted Bundy case. Oh, Holy wow. shit! Wow. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember when that happened. But I was then- like. Even then, I was, like, very protective. Like, I got to stand up. My mom wanted to talk. My mom's reading a true crime. And she's always giving me true crime books. I'm like, bitch, don't you know me? 41 years. 
you know me, bitch, and you know I can't read that shit. So she gives it to him, to Sean. I'll have to send a, I'll send a picture to Erica so she can uh, post it up. I actually have a picture. Um, I was very fortunate enough. Uh, several years ago, we shot a movie called Charlotte. Um, I had Leslie Easterbrook, uh, Tamara Glenn. Um, there was a bunch of people that were in it. Felissa was supposed to be in it. But we actually got, um, they had Alfred Hitchcock's crane down there that he used in Psycho and in The Birds. And so I got a picture of me sitting in it, and they actually, oh, you know, wow. yeah, oh, it was so, it was such one of the huge, huge, just meaningful moments uh, to be able to sit in that and be part of it. And Hitchcock's one of the greatest directors ever. Fight me. Anybody who doesn't agree, fight me. He was a prick, though. He's but, a complete know. fucking piece of shit as a person, yeah. Yeah. but his films were goddamn masterpieces. He was a Whatever. prick all the way. Oh, absolutely. That's like Toby Hooper. <laughs> a lot of them are complete shit, but I'm just looking at it from like a viewpoint of I am viewing their art, and I'm not. I don't care about them as people. I care about this art that they've created, and I detach myself from the horribleness. I do acknowledge it. Like that's a horrible person. I'm not going to idolize them, but I will say that they created some interesting art, and I like it. Michael Winter was a fucking prick, too. Michael Winter was the worst. I think there's a really fucking long list. I don't even think we have time for that shit. Yeah, Michael uh, Winter's a, a fucking lot. scumbag. <coughs> Jeepers Creepers. Don't get me started on Cooper. Oh, Jeepers. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it don't that be much worse than Jeepers Creepers, man. Yeah. Let's just... yeah, yeah. Okay, I can't even talk about that. Yeah, fuck and, and there's, uh, you know, scandal with the uh, Suska sisters, so... Yeah, fuck them, too. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot of just stupid shit out there, but I I just uh, as a horror fan uh, and as a cinephile in general, I also am very into classic films, which is why I love Hitchcock so much because it fulfills both of those needs. My two favorite genres of the horror and you know just uh, classic films. So yeah, but Kubrick it, he can go fuck himself. Yeah, I really fucking can't stand that dude. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I just say now, and I, I'm going to get flamed, but I don't care. I fucking hate The Shining. I hate The Fucking Shining. Thank <laughs> that, you. That, that, I don't want to know The, the book is so much better than that fucking movie. That is not a secret no, on the show I that I fucking that. hate The Shining. <laughs> I, I bring well, it up all if, the time. If that, show, if, if, that's, if that movie's ever covered on this, it's going to get a very low score. Um, sir, have you seen the schedule? Oh, I have. I know. I was just being facetious about it. it, Yeah, okay. uh, You know that I don't want to do that, but that I have to do it. I don't want to do it. Because I'm going to get angry, and I'm going to have to, like, do some anger management and, like, maybe get really fucking high or something before. So I I don't, like, completely want to, like, defile this fucking film. I hate that fucking movie. I hate all this movie except Full Metal Jacket, but that's facts, okay? Yeah, uh, it's only good from the beginning. After that, after that, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Arlie Ermy again yeah. for the win, Arlie Ermy. Yeah. Once, once that's he's had it, once boot camp is done. Yeah. Once boot camp yeah, is done. Yeah. Then you're like, like uh, uh, I will, I will give him credit for uh, a Clockwork Orange. I love a Clockwork a Orange. A Clockwork Orange was well done. Um, I thought the book was better. Um. Uh, but the, the, you know, he had an artistic vision. A Clock of Orange is one of those movies like, yeah, it had some neat looking shit in it, just like The Shining has some neat looking shit in it. But I, as a film, I don't think it's that great. Read the book. Oh, God. 
When I was a kid, you know, you guys remember those Time Life commercials? Read the book. Yeah, that's that's usually where I go. Anyway, um, completely off topic, but so I'm really yeah, excited to be talk. Really... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I was guessing you're gonna be really put off by my review of Psycho. No, uh, uh, but you know, I've, it, never it, I've, it. Never, I've never liked it. <laughs> I, you know what? We'll, and we'll talk about that next week. I don't get mad at other people's opinions. I just have my own anger about my own issues with it. But everybody deserves to be heard. <laughs> and and, and I don't get mad at people me? about like C- how, Candy, Candy, uh, the one no, that was personal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm still haven't heard the end of my, my review for Nightmare Three. No okay, shit. So- Listen, listen, okay, you should know me by now. You're my fucking bro, and you know that I fuck with people, right? You know that I I just like to fuck with people, and I'm fucking with you. I love you. I don't care, man. I'm just doing it just to fucking I, mess with you. I know you I know you love me, but I still think you harbor ill will toward me. <laughs> I do not, Ashawn, I do not. I I my fucking clown, my head will amuse you. Rob and I are like that, man. I can fuck with him. He fucks with me. It's okay. And it's like a joke. And I'm sorry if you took it personally. I was just messing with you. And I only mess with people like that when I love them, okay? You always hurt the ones you love. Love you anyway, so you could you fuck with each other. You gonna tell me you you and Mac don't fuck with each other? Oh, 100 percent Me and Sean fuck with each other. We're fucking married. We fuck with each other nonstop. I give him the hardest time about karate kid, and I know he hates that. My mom loves love everybody. She fucks everyone. Oh, I mean (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, you know, uh, as far as your opinions, like it, it's absolutely cool. If I give you shit, it's just because I love you guys. It's I know, not, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just. It's cheap. not real, you know. I know. Like I, I, I want news. everybody to have different opinions. I want everybody to be honest, and that's what this show is all about: is honesty, our our love for the horror genre, and sometimes our hate for it, you know. And that's all real. So do your shit, man. Do you? I love it. It's like the not evil version of the view. <laughs> You're giving me like vertigo, dude. <laughs> that was my pig squeal. I feel um, like I'm. I feel like I'm watching a sequel to Taken. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll go ahead and uh, close up shop here for the night. Like I said, we'll be back next week with Psycho, which is the classic and necessary to talk about. And then we can move on to other things. Um, but uh, let's do plugs. Tim, do you have any plugs for us? Um, no. I've never joke. heard that one before. There is a mom joke in there, but I, I was just, you know, she, like I said, you know, same, same, she changed her schedules. She's at three different locations now. She's at Texaco <laughs> on Saturdays and Sundays. And she's at the local jerk shop at, uh, you know, uh, any night after midnight. Um, you know, slipper dollar. She'll uh, get a disease. <laughs> you, know, if you, if, you know, if you hear this, if you just ask her, she'll show you that, you know, those fucking, that saggy fucking meat curtain that she's got. <laughs> <laughs> When she farts, it's, when she fucking queefs, it's like two fucking wet pieces of roast beef slapping against each other. <laughs> oh, God, please. I just, 
became a vegetarian. Huh. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, her nickname at school anyway. was sal- Salad Shooter because she had more vegetables up her vagina than she did in the fucking table. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we're plugging your mom. Like everybody else. <laughs> Just like everyone else. Oh. That was a good one. Um, next up is Rob. Where, what do you have to plug, Rob? <laughs> uh, hilarious. hilarious. Uh, Are you um, plugging uh, Tim's mom, too? Is he fucking with you? Fucking with you. We all need to form an orderly queue. And... Yeah, definitely. I want to be your pimp. I got to oh. vote. Definitely, definitely. You'll make some fucking money, man. That bitch fucking... fucking <laughs> they make it... They don't fucking... When she was on stage fucking stripping, man, they didn't they say they didn't fucking make it rain dollar bills. They threw fucking change at her to put her clothes back on. They made that fucking bitch... They, they, they made it. Reverse clothes back on, bitch. Oh. She's the only woman I know that has freaking... You think that she has a tattoo above her vagina that says hefty because it looks like a fucking old used hefty bag. Because <laughs> it's just full of trash and garbage. Oh. I need to go to confession. I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> Give me Father Fred's sin. <laughs> so much, so much sinning. If you ever, if we ever get on the level of like dirty jokes, I got a really bad religious one, so I'll save that for you. Yeah. Oh, we'll have that treat to look forward to. Okay. Uh, Rob, let's start plugging. Uh, sure. Um, uh, of course, uh, the Action Drunkies. Uh, we just had a, a season finale. Um, we already got the season two premiere lined up. The uh, wink, wink. The, um, so yeah. It's, uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah. There's, there's that, and. Uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, very succinct for you. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to fucking do this right now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, Nico. Um, just my Instagram, and I guess I'm out of Twitter jail right now, so uh, El Jefe bus. Del Horror. The bus. I, I guess I can tell real quick. I got put in Twitter jail for voicing my opinion on some uh, pro pro Trumpers that didn't like that. I almost did today. Oops. So they think they can go fuck themselves? Yeah. I second that. Wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your sacrifice. Of course. It's for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah, they almost put me in Twitter jail. I didn't tell you that story. I'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, for the same reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, Erica? Uh, find me at myhorrificlife.com and on Instagram at myhorrificlife, where I post very sporadically. That's okay. All right. Um, how, uh, by the way, uh, how is Andrew Debuff doing? Is he oh, better? He got his official negative COVID test. Yay! Um, he's officially able to go you know, work on brewing beer, serve the public, you know, food, whatever. So um, that's that's good. Um, so the brewery is reopened, but with some health-related restrictions, mostly to-go orders. Um, so, but yeah, at least they, they're selling beer again. So, yay. Good deal. No, 
Sit down. Just, just do it for a second. Hi, I'm here. Ash is hey. in the chat. <laughs> this is the baby. Well, he's not a baby. He's a teenager, but he's the youngest. This yes. is the Ash that we talk about so much. He can't hear because I have headphones, but they're saying hi, so just wave. Uh, tell him I love his t-shirt. It's a classic. I, I can't, I can't see him. Erica says she loves your shirt. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Uh, his mom, who's really cool, gave that to him. It yeah. was nice. Oh, it's like, hey, your mom's pretty cool. She's got this really cool Metallica shirt for you. <laughs> okay, you can, you're free. Okay. You're free. <laughs> well, today, uh, speaking of COVID, uh, he is in quarantine. Uh, he was in close contact because we have the choice to uh, keep him at school uh, where they have all these precautions or he could stay at home and he doesn't do well with the at-home learning. So he went and he's very careful, but he was in contact with another student who had COVID. So he is now in quarantine. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah. He's stay home for 14 days, which I'm sure he Yeah. He's really upset about it. So he can do his homework and then play guitar hero. So, you know, so he's broken up about it. Oh, uh, look at Dave. He heard Guitar Hero. He's like, hell yeah. <laughs> he is really fucking good, too. Dave's face changed. He was like, oh, you want to battle? You want to go? You want to go? Dave, I could make you cry if you played against me. So. Oh, those are fighting words. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. There's no, yeah, be no Rob fight. Instigating this shit. There's no fight when it comes to playing against That's me. That's the Brooklyn and, in him. Yeah, 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 no Damn, the Bronx. <laughs> hey, just out of curiosity. There's no competition. He even admitted it to me. So anyway, um, anybody else want to pluck anything? Actually, I do have something besides my mom. Uh, okay. I, I am actually getting ready to. <laughs> yeah, my mom's old news, but everybody did. Um, <laughs> until the next time I come on here. No, um, if you'll ever have me back. Uh, we no, enjoy I'm your actually, company. I'm actually getting ready to release um, a candle line. Um, and it's um, so on my license plates and, you know, I'm I'm. Ha- I'm Sky, I'm uh, Scotch Irish, so my license plates say, say Samhain, and um, so I split that up, and so my candle, the candle company that I created is called Sam Hain Candles, and so um, what I'm doing is because I'm a motivational speaker um, and uh, like a life coach, and uh, among awesome. a million other things that I do, uh, but. With COVID, I, we were just kind of on lockdown. I was, I was booked all year long to do speeches and talks, and I just I couldn't find a way to be able to, you know, try to talk to people and get, you know, my messages out there. So I created these um, inspirational and motivational candles, um, and so I'm getting ready here within the next week to be able to start releasing them. So um, I will. Uh, I got my first ones coming. I'm just waiting for the uh, the logos to come in, the stickers, and um, I'll start making the candles. So I'll start selling those here before too long. Yeah, so let me know uh, when you get like some prototypes and stuff done, and and you know you're ready to like kind of put the word out, and we will get that out there for you. I appreciate that. Um, Sean of the Dead, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> what? What? No. You sound <laughs> fucked up and scary. I don't like it. Man, fucked up and scary. <laughs> it's, it's the mustache. He's a pussy cat. He's full of shit. 
I will be doing a tuna scented candle in uh, honor of my mother. Oh, <laughs> oh God. So it won't be like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina scented candle. No. Oh. It'll be called the uh, the rotten Arby sandwich. Oh. <laughs> the beef and cheddar special. With the special sauce. Ah. It smells salty. It's, 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 it's crazy because. when the dis- when discussion goes to flappy pussy and shit. It always goes to Arby's like as for yeah. context. I mean, have you really <laughs> looked at an Arby's sandwich? I eat Arby's all the time. But love, somebody just Arby's, sent me though. a meme and it was a picture of Captain Spaulding. He says, "I got a me, I got a meme of uh, uh, this girl sent me a picture of a JJ." And I said, uh, "My response was, I love Arby's too, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> Um, anybody else uh, want to plug anything? Uh, Mac? Uh, I'll, I'll keep it simple. Action Drunkies, we just had our season finale. Shout to that. And you guys over here at the House of Screams. And uh, if you play video games, check me out on Twitch. Mac the All-Star. I've been meaning to. Yeah, I used to be a Twitch streamer a long time ago in my 30s. That was uh, like a decade ago. So. That's how we met. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You, you showed up my Twitch streams, and I was doing like ICWXP crossovers. Rick and I were friends. I'm trying to get Rick on the show. He's going through some stuff, but hopefully, uh, Rick Wolf will be showing up um, in future episodes. So we have a we have a good friendship. Um, and as for me, I just want to uh, plug my own show that you're already listening to. <laughs> So if you uh, would like to listen to more, please continue the House of Screams. Uh, we love horror and we fuck with it because we can. And uh, you can find us on Twitter, which I I'm basically the mouthpiece for the show. I'm just a loud bitch. I'm quoting my friend Ian from Behind the Screams. He said, "I'm a loud bitch." I'm like, "I'm a loud bitch too, bitch." Um, it was a funny little exchange on Twitter. But uh, yeah, it's at House underscore Screams. That's uh, you will be reaching me. Uh, I do a lot of uh, how you meet uh, some people, make connections with other podcasts that we uh, are friendly with, and uh, people who uh, turn up on the show. Uh, so, yeah, and we get a lot of uh, show ideas from from fans, and we have some big things coming up that I can't talk about right now, but uh, they're big, <laughs> and I'm excited. So, um, also, if you're into uh, random shit, because I don't feel like having separate Instagram accounts, um, <laughs> I'm Candy the Final Girl. Um, you will see uh, I love to do makeup. I don't think I'm gorgeous or anything, but I do a lot of beauty campaigns for some reason. Candy. I have next skin for, for 41. I look pretty decent. Um, I got snail gel on my face tonight. Yeah. <laughs> shit stinks. It smells Gosh. so bad. But uh, it, look at my skin. Look at my skin. It looks great. Looks okay. Hey, can I just so, give a sh- can I just give a shout out? Yeah. Uh, shout out to Sean who has to cut an now over two hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did you notice that our Jason episodes always run to like almost two and a half hours? Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was like, "Here's another two and a half hour Jason." One. As, as, he, as, as a fellow editor of episodes, shout out to him who has to cut this shit. Yeah, but ours isn't that long, bro. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, sometimes that fucking hard target episode was like, oh, dude. But we're uh, a lot more organic had. than you guys. You guys have structure. We attend to, and it falls apart halfway structure. like this. Mm. Hey, we yeah. have been rather yeah. structured for us. This is as structured as it gets around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not big <laughs> on that. I'm chaos. 
Um, so anyway, so my, uh, my Instagram, Katie the Final Girl. Uh, you're gonna get makeup, me hawking products for companies where they uh, pay me. Uh, it's like that commercial where they pay people in gum. They pay me in products. So cool, saves me money. Um, also, cats. Uh, occasionally, my fucking kids. Um, but I, I don't like to. They, I like to let them do their own social media. But whatever. So that's my Instagram. Um, I'm on Slasher Kitty the Final Girl as well. So that's it. That's our episode on Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> Thank you once again to Tim for uh, guesting. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on Psycho. And uh, we've got some really exciting shit coming up. You already got two sneak peeks. But this shit you will not be expecting. And I can't wait. So, uh, everybody have a good night. <laughs>